Welcome to the Above the Rim Game Day podcast brought to you by Penn Champions Club. I am your host, Vince Curran, along with the John R. Rockwell head coach of men's basketball, Steve Donahue. Steve, you got Brown and Yale coming into the palestra this weekend. Let's take a quick jump back to last Saturday up at the Death Star known as Jadwin Gymnasium. Back and forth game seemed like the things that you were worried about manifesting themselves kind of manifested themselves down the stretch. Lee gets hot, makes a couple of big buckets, and the Tigers pull away at the end. Yeah, I think there was probably four or five possessions in the second half on both sides of the ball. Uh, not a lot, but like ones where I thought we we overhelped on defense and gave their good shooters chances. And, you know, you're just not going to win a, a road game against a really good opponent doing that. And then on the offensive end, uh, we played 90% of the game really good, got great looks, got to the rim, made made good decisions, except you know, we're up one with about, I think, seven to go. And just like a couple that allowed them to, to get loose. Um, and as I said, I thought it was a, a really good effort uh, for most of the part. But if you're going to win, you got to do it for 40 minutes. It's funny you talk about overhelping, and it's a conversation. I was talking with Tim Chambers this week, Paul Chambers, older brother, my teammate, uh, the Ivy League 1985 Football Player of the Year. He wouldn't allow me to mention his name without bringing that up. And uh, the brother of Patrick Chambers, the head coach of Florida Gulf Coast. And for about 10 or 15 minutes, we talked about how teams overhelp like crazy. The example I brought up was the end of the Kansas-Baylor game where the guy from Kansas helps off a dry, they're up three with eight seconds to go. The guy from Kansas helps off, leaves the guy open 15 feet in the corner. Fortunately for Kansas, the guy misses the jump shot, but it seems like that is a, you know, I hate to use the word pandemic at this point, but it seems like everybody overhelps and, you know, make somebody take a tough two instead of an open three. I think that's a, is a great point. Uh, one of our defenses have been really good here. Uh, we've been really good at, doing both, making teams shoot hard twos, not get to the rim, yet don't come off of really good shooters and give them in-rhythm threes. Um, we we They only got seven shots at the rim the whole game, which is their lowest they've had in probably five years. But we overdid it at times, and to your point, gave really good shooters open looks, and you just can't do that. Well, I know you're focused on – your team and your mission and, and what gets your team better. Do you, do you get a chance to see other teams like when you're, when you're watching or scouting or looking for ideas, do you see that across college basketball or, or is that something that I'm just kind of pulling out of my rear end? No, I, I think you're right. And the, the, I think what happened Vince um, when they brought the line back a couple of years ago, I think everybody decided, well, let's not come off shooters. Excuse me. Let's start coming off shooters a little bit protect the rim a little more and see if we can, you know, limit teams to one that way and the shots a little harder. I think that trend worked for about two or three years, but now teams are shooting a higher rate. Uh, and I think we all have to learn to adjust. And it's some of it's your own personnel and who you're playing with. But the point that you're making is a good one that uh, it's hard to beat a team if they're going to shoot 42% from three on 16 makes. And shooters have caught up to that line moving yeah. back. Right? Once yeah, you practice right. it for a couple of years, 
That's yeah, right. you're back to the same percentages where you were when the line was a foot or two closer. Yep. Looking around the league now at the halfway point, you have five out of seven at home. It, it, it seems like this, it's, again, jumping off topic a little bit, it seems like it goes this way every year, right? There's five weighted one way and then five weighted another way. Is, is that just me or is there a way to balance this out so it's, you know, it's four and three and then three and four? It, it, it seems like a competitive advantage, whoever has the home games early. And it's worked out in Penn's favor in some years, and it's worked out against us in other years. Yeah, the, the short answer is, Vince, we could we could fix this. Uh, that, that's a Zoom in itself. Um, and, yeah, it was difficult for us to do five out of six uh, on the road with this group and obviously losing uh, your best player. So uh, you can't do anything about that. Uh, we got. We're looking forward to Yale, uh, and then really get on a roll here to get ourselves back in the picture. Well, now two games back at the turn, but you get both of the team, or excuse me, all three of the teams that are ahead of you at home in the second half. So it seems like, as much as you you want to lament, you know the the tough results in the first half of the of the Ivy League season. If you take care of business at home it looks like you can play yourself back into that four spot in the Ivy tournament. I think the, that's a, the, the long range to look at it. Um, and I agree with you. I want to stack up really good practices and figure out how to beat Yale. Um, when you win, everything takes care of itself at that point. I think we're really close uh, now that we got Clark back and, and now we got a chance to play at home. I think these guys are excited. They've been great throughout this whole period and the ups and downs. And obviously this stretch has been really difficult, but it hasn't affected one bit, the energy, the enthusiasm. Um, and our job as coaches is to keep the confidence going. Cause I know we got the group here that can do it. And speaking of having Clark back, you know, from, from afar watching that game statistically kind of looked like he was shaking the rust off, but but seemed to be relatively comfortable from the eye test up front. Is that what you saw, that he he is kind of working his way back into form? Yeah, I think that the ankle looked terrific. And I think, you know, you saw us run really good offense for the first time in a while, consistent. It's just everyone kind of knows the role when he's out there. Uh, and it's it, it worked for so long this year. And then I remember you remarking that he was on one of these senior campaigns, historic, you know, shooting 80, 50, 40 uh, throughout the, the game. And we got used to that. Uh, and I think you saw some of that on Saturday. Unfortunately, I do think he's he's rusty and it, it showed as well. Shots he typically makes, uh, he didn't. But I really felt it gave us, like, I thought that was a even game. They played a little better down a stretch. Uh, and now we just got to, learn from that and grow from that and take another step. And speaking of winning, taking care of things and, 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 and giving you that better feeling tough chore with Yale coming in Friday, they were picked preseason. Number one, they have played like it. They tough win against Cornell this past weekend. What kind of adjustments do you need to make? I mean, obviously the first time one adjustment is you don't have Clark Slackert in the first game and you have him in this game, right? So that's the one, you know, the one huge adjustment. But what else do you need to do at home to kind of put together the type of effort you need to get over the hump against them and then head into Brown on Saturday night? Yeah, I think the Yale thing's been interesting. The kid, the Wolf, has taken a humongous step 
in the sophomore campaign. I think that's elevated their game. And that I think is one of the reasons they're playing so well. We got to handle him differently than we did up there. Uh, and we're going to make some adjustments with matchups and things like that. I think that's the most important thing right from the start is that kid was such a big factor, 24 points and, and just had us, you know, had us chasing and all those things that good players do. Uh, we got to do a better job with that. And then obviously on the offensive end, they're, they're another team that, you know, you're not, that really protects the lane and rim first. So if you give you open shots, you got to make them pay. Um, with good ball movement, but you should get a, a fair share of in-rhythm threes. And that's what we've done with them in the past here, and that's the goal this time. I think when you talk about Wolf, he is so good with the ball. It, 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 you almost have to pick your poison with him. You know, One instinct is, all right, double him on the catch, but he, he's got a little bit of A.J. Broder in him that he really finds open players and tries to make you pay. And And what I've seen of him so far is, he makes good decisions. He's not kind of selfish or piggy about it. He, you know, if if the double's coming, he gets the ball out. If the if the double's kind of half coming, he goes off the bounce and tries to get his. High IQ, high skilled. I think where he's most dangerous is driving the ball uh, from the top of the key. He's really not a post up guy, although I know he can do it. He just hasn't done it. But him going off the bounce and you know, finding guys like you're talking about. And then if you don't, it picks and pops and he can make a three. Uh, he made four against us. Um, you got to limit his ability to attack and play one-on-one somehow, some way. And we hopefully have a better plan than we did last time. And jumping back again to Brown, another game that was kind of back and forth and Brown makes a couple plays down the stretch. You do a really good job limiting Keno Lilly in the first half. And then he, as explosive scorers can do, explodes in the second second half and really leads Brown down the stretch. Yeah, he did. He held him scoreless in the first half. And even the beginning of the second half, it, it was good. And we were down four with two to go. And we need to stop. And he he, he put someone in the, the blender like he can. And we tried to send another body. And we were late and we fouled. And all of a sudden, it's a seven-point game. Uh, we got to do a great job with him for 40 minutes. And we've done it in the past. Uh, we just have to be really consistent um, with that for 40 minutes. There's a common thread here, Vince, um, with our group. You know, we've led a half in four of these games, including last Saturday, and played great 20 minutes. We'll play great 30 minutes. The goal is to play 40 minutes. I know it's in there. Uh, and that's what we got to do against someone like Lily, who's just needs a little bit of daylight to get it going. When you talk about the need to play a great 40 minutes and with a young group, you have some inconsistencies and you're going to have fits and starts. When you have a senior leader who has been in it, you know, during those two, three, four minutes where the young guys are having their young guy moments, that's when a guy like Clark Slacker or a guy like AJ Broder or a guy like Darnell Foreman says, I'm going to be the steadying influence here. Hopefully that manifests itself this weekend. Clark Slacker rounds back into form and is able to lead the Quakers to two solid 40-minute performances. I agree, and I think there's uh, the advantage of having played, you know, Sam Brown and Tyler Perkins and Nick Polonowski, all these minutes 
is that you feel like when you bring someone back like Clark, that they're, they find their rhythm again and they're more confident based on all the experiences they had. Now they have their leader, as you said, uh, that's the goal for sure. Yeah. It gives you a little extra level of depth, the experience that those guys were able to get. But again, seniors are the ones that are going to lead you when you need to be led. Clark Slackard back for two home games this weekend. The Quakers, Yale on Friday night, Brown on Saturday night at the Palestra. This has been the Above the Rim Game Day podcast brought to you by Penn Champions Club. I am your host, Vince Curran, along with the John R. Rockwell head coach of Steve Donahue. Friday and Saturday, old-fashioned Ivy League home weekend at the Palestra. Thanks, Vin, man. Thanks. Go Quakers.